We'll go ahead and call this meeting back to order for our work session. Thank you. So, yeah, I already missed her name. Sorry, I missed my cue. Um, this is Carol Lilly from Main Street. She's here. I'm talking to all the different committees and the board of directors and things to see. I mean, I'll let her explain to you, but how everything is going in town and challenges we face and what we think is going well and things like that. So she kind of just wants to meet with everybody and kind of get everybody's input on that. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thanks. I'll see you. So yes, as Jess said, I'm Carol Lilly. I'm here with Main Street, Iowa. Um, I'm here for our annual program visit. We are using the word annual very loosely this year. We did not come visit last year because we didn't go anywhere last year. The year before that, um, the Chamber Main Street participated in a community exchange program where volunteers from uh, here went to uh, Manning and Manning volunteers came to Sac City and they did a kind of evaluation and self-evaluation type day. So we haven't actually done a program visit um, since, well, for three years. So I'm here today just to visit with you all. It's very um, intended to be an informal type uh, meeting where we just discuss and hear good things, things that are going well, maybe some challenges that you might be facing. And uh, then I take that back. I'll do a two-page-ish report. It'll be a bulleted list of what I saw, what I heard, and maybe some resources that we can bring to the Main Street program. We are part of the Iowa Downtown Resource Center, which is part of IEDA. That's kind of our umbrella. So we do work in communities all across the state. Um, I particularly work in Main Street communities, um, and Sac City is an accredited Main Street community, so there are only 55 accredited communities across the state, which allows you resources that maybe some of the other communities don't get to take advantage of without a fee. You get them for free, some design services, business specialist um, services, and that type of thing. So that's, I guess I should tell you about my background. I have been with Main Street Iowa since March of 2020, so kind of came in at an interesting time to be at a job that does community visits when you don't go to very many communities. Uh, but prior to that, I was Main Street Director in Cedar Falls for about 12 years. And so I've had quite a bit of, of Main Street experience. I also worked for a property development company and have worked in a small retail environment as well, so kind of have uh, touched upon all of the parts that Main Street programs work in. But the purpose today is to hear from hear from you. So thank you for um, inviting me or allowing me to come and visit with you um, during my day today. So I re really would just like to hear from you, um, maybe how long, if we could just do quick introductions, how long you've been on the council, and maybe if you are aware or have worked with the Main Street program in any way to give me some context. Want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. So I'm Jamie Highland. I just got appointed city clerk about four months ago. I also am on the chamber board, so I missed that because I was here. So it's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. Good to have you here. So, yeah, I've lived in Zach City my whole life, so it's been fun to see all the changes that have happened. Yeah. I should say I take lots of notes because I am in different communities every day and I don't want to give feedback to you that I should give to Spencer or Spencer to hear and so I will take some notes too. So I'm Bruce Perry. I've been on the city council seven and a half years. I've done some interaction with Main Street through uh, some design services and stuff and I've worked with, with a couple property owners and things in town. So. Okay. Great, thank you. Teresa Bruni. 
Um, I think I'm in my third term. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> City Council. Um, and I also sit on the chamber board. I'm the liaison on the chamber board. Council. And I'm Bill Brennan. I've been on council, I think, for 11 and a half years. Okay. I'm Scott Buttmayer. I'm in the sixth year. And I was on the chamber probably 25 years. I got kicked off because when you're married, you can't be on it. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll That's where you got kicked off. Yeah, right. Was, well, that was their code. He <laughs> <laughs> can use that assistance. But I was on there for. As long as I can remember, until six years ago. Okay. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I've been here a little over four years as a city administrator. Um, we've been doing a little bit of work with Brady. I work quite a bit with Brady and then Jess on some ideas for Main Street. One of them I think we started on was the the uh, Sunwise property, and that's something we'll continue to work on for here. Okay. My name is Tom McGinty. I've been on the council for seven and a half years. Larry Mailer, I've been on council for six years. So some of you have been through this visit before then. Mm -hmm. so, good. Thanks. Well, I'm going to start by asking you if you have any questions for me before I start asking you questions. <coughs> The question I have is, what, what do you kind of feel, or what was your impression of the town as you went through? Really positive. Yeah, that I love coming into the community, and I, I had to stop in Coon Rapids on the way, so I was able to come in. I didn't come off 20, and I came in through the kind of corridor right here and saw all of the landscaping, the Cattail Cove is just amazing, good public space. It was nice to see the streetscape project happening with the bricks and the bump outs and the amenities that are going in. I think that creates that real vibrancy or provides the opportunity for vibrancy for downtown. Um, so excited to see all of that from that aesthetic thing. I definitely think there's areas of opportunity. There's a couple of properties in particular think of, like the hotel, old hotel that just seems like there could be tons of potential for that. Um, but overall, you've got a good mix of businesses. Um, you didn't lose any businesses over the course of last year, at least in the downtown area. area or trans, if there, there, I think there was one business transition um, that really wasn't COVID-related that I heard about. So that's really positive. I think that um, shows that there was a lot of community support for the businesses that were here, and people realized the importance of them. So that's <coughs> my quick five high level assessment <laughs> but so let me what tell me and I'm thinking about downtown in particular since we're through the downtown resource center but I also understand downtowns are like the living room of your community so that's where you take people you show off your community when they come to your home when people come they see the popcorn ball they come downtown they see what's going on and then they see the rest of the house too so Tell me some good things, or how do you all feel about downtown, some positive things that have happened maybe in the last year or so? And no particular order, just truly would like this to be conversational. Well, it's great to see some of the artwork, and as you say, Cattail Cove is great, getting some, some things down there. I think we've had some business transitions. We've had some new businesses, a coffee shop and a boutique. The transition to uh, 
Cattlemen's, I think, has been a very positive thing for the community. Judging by my number of out-of-town friends that have come to visit, that's always a good thing to see those happening. I think it's, you know, I guess one of my concerns is, you know, and I know that retail is somewhat an endangered species, mm -hmm. particularly in small towns. I think it's, and I, but I think keeping the downtown retail oriented is maybe pretty vital for that. And I know it, we need to attract obviously new professionals and those kind of things to town. I know that trying to attract doctors, attorneys, those kind of things. But I think we, as we are planning and moving forward, it's important that we don't turn everything downtown just into office space. And office space or living quarters, I think it's important that we do actually maintain that we have a viable retail area for people to come to. Yeah, I think we, we talk about business mix. It's nice to see a nice mix of business of retail service and then dining kind of restaurant options. So, and that is, it fluctuates and it is kind of hard to maintain, especially when you have property owners who, you know, want to lease their space. And um, one of the services that is provided through the state through is, uh, it's called a ready to recruit process or market studies and strategies. Um, we typically pick about eight communities a year that are able to run through that process and it is a way to analyze the businesses and business mix up here. There's a lot of survey work. There's surveys and it's all, you know, survey monkeys based, but um, service the business community and then um, visit with the general public and kind of find out what people want, what people are seeking in their community and then taking that information and building upon it from there. So is there a certain retail mix that people are, are seeking and would like to see here, then that it's up to be more successful if it's something that's meeting a community need. So that's one of the services that is provided. Um, but yeah, I think the retail side of things, people still want the experience of boutique type shopping. Um, so that's a positive thing, but boutique shops can't necessarily make it just with retail physical location, the add, added element of the ability to do online sales, um, curbside pickup, delivery, those things that came because of COVID are still going to be important that, that businesses are, are allowed to maintain those. So from an ordinance standpoint, if there's an opportunity to to allow, you know, drive up quick pickup type things, that type of thing is really important for businesses um, to expand outside outdoor dining. I don't know if that's an option here. You know, that's very popular and provide vibrancy on the on the street too. So those are some just some tools that could be used. How do other communities deal with you're talking outdoor dining? Mm -hmm. I, um, I know that serving alcohol outdoors is somewhat of a problem because it, my understanding is that you need to have you can't just have somebody walk up and you know so so you can be handing cocktails to them are there do you know of good examples of places where outdoor dining has been successful without I mean a lot of a lot of them I know have a separate you go into the restaurant and then you come back out into the dining area and it's and it's on the here it would be on the public right of way. Mm -hmm. Is that 
Is there a way around that? that? Yeah, the, the fencing is the key, um, and that's more from a liquor liability and from what is allowed on on that side, and I'm no expert in that field at all, but we do have examples of ordinances that we can share that allow that, um, that work well, but yeah, that it that has to do with the entry and being able to have access, and then just controlling that space. Um, some communities don't want glass, you know, so it's got to be served in plastic cups instead of glass or that type of thing. So there's different examples of ordinances out there, and I can certainly provide examples in my report back if that's of interest to you all. Yeah. Okay. I think we got to think outside the box a little bit too. Sometimes is it doesn't always have to be right on Main Street. We do have you know the North South Fifth Street is also part of the downtown. I think it's tends to be neglected here, um, and there's opportunities there. Um, building out behind the Main Street buildings, as far as your alcohol sales that are fenced in areas like that. I think William Street, which I think it's Williams that goes back behind Main mm -hmm. Street. Um, I think there's development potential there for that outdoor dining areas for certain buildings that are vacant right now. I like your alley idea. The alley, I, I still like that too. I like that and I stole that from Orange City when I went up there. A lot of the rallies they have, <clears throat> they've closed them basically to their pedestrian ways now mm -hmm. instead of cars can't drive on. They, they decorated them up and made them look nice. And if you had a coffee shop, they could walk outside and, that alley by us. and drink their coffee and sit in there. Put bears in there and share it. Well, when the ceiling was open, yeah. or whatever. What yeah, back? he left. Oh, he did leave. But he, he said he's coming back. Oh. Not as of three days ago. Oh. Okay, well, that was a suggestion. So that alley by between Catalan and mm -hmm. the boutique. If oh, that yeah. was cleaned up and shut down, he could actually be a nice public area. It really would be. The buildings are tall enough to kind of shade it. And, yeah. and part of what started that talk was the, the, the city owns that parking lot <clears throat> by Kevin Murray's office. It was just kind of back behind the main street buildings. and But it's an easy walk where it's public parking. You can park there and then walk up through that alley and go straight to Cattleman's or, or Rosie's or any of those areas. And it's just, you know, less than a walk. And you make a really good point, and I should say when we talk about we're Main Street Iowa Main Street is our name because we are affiliated affiliated with the National uh, Main Street Main Street America so but we're really talking about downtown it's not just Main Street it's not just whatever if your if your Main Street is Walnut or whatever it's the it's the side streets it's the parallel streets it's the package so yeah when when we're talking Main Street or downtown we're talking holistically so so how big is our Main Street district is it is it? Does it go? I don't know. One that. block north and yeah. south. I don't, I don't yeah. know the answer to that. It's from the river to the. Well, the the chamber office is included in it, so it must go to Seventh Street. Then it's one block north of Main Street, one block south of Main Street. How so. far east to west? That's what he just said. From, from the bridge from the to the, the chamber so office. So businesses out on the east end of town, ain't on the They're not considered a main, not main street, street business. They're not considered part of the main street district. We include them in our organization by being a chamber main street. Yeah. Yeah, truly, we're kind of talking about that 
that downtown area, but we totally understand that it's part of the greater community, and every piece of the community is vitally important to the success of the community as whole as a whole. So we're just kind of using that as a as a starting point when talking about development. So we certainly don't mean to to say that businesses on the outskirts are not equally as important, or if not more important than those downtown. It's just that concentration. Yeah, that it's just that concentration. Traditional. Historically, you're, you're basically the downtown area, a block yeah. off a of main street or whatever, however. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. yeah, yeah. Historically, that's where the concentration of businesses were, and that's kind of what we're based on. Historic preservation is really okay. kind of where we come from too. So that's where that where that comes into play. But yeah, those are great placemaking ideas <clears throat> and and ways to incorporate those side and, and the off business streets. I know that's really important to communities as well. What are some other good things that are happening in your community? Is your office in Durham Street District? It includes those on the street that are on the office. I just asked a quick question. When you're talking about the surveys, are you referring to some uh, new word for market analysis? Yes. So they call it's it now called market strategies and studies. How often do you guys suggest they do that? Well, we want to rotate through all the communities, so we typically would say if you've done it within the last five years, you wouldn't be eligible. Um, we do offer a um, market snapshot that we do annually now that we didn't do before. So um, you have a market snapshot of what's existing and what's happening demographically right now within your community, and that's something that can be shared with the school district, with you know, it's basically basic demographics that we pull together. That's great. No, I don't think that this community's had one since 2010. Does that sound right, Dale? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. The market analysis, you think the last time we did one here is 2010-ish? Yeah, that'd be about right. So, it's good to know. Yeah. It, we can bring that back to Absolutely, we can bring that back. Mm -hmm. Have you heard any or have any, I guess, input on uh, uh, In one of our BI meetings, we discussed upper, or upper story, story high up housing, and one of the issues around that is if we developed upper story housing, where would their cars park? Mm -hmm. Is that anything you've heard in other communities of trying to come up with a solution for, for parking? Mm -hmm. Do you allow overnight parking on your streets right now? Uh, on the downtown, it's it depends. Some of them are listed. Some of them. The biggest flaw we have is snow removal. There's no parking. Yeah, in the winter time we don't. Work from, so yeah, November to April, there's no parking. parking. So in, I'm just going to relate it back to Cedar Falls in the community that I was in most recently. We allowed no on-street parking overnight for snow removal, and then cars were encouraged to park in the lots, and we had private relationships with like banks and places that had um, excess parking that they weren't open, that they had their private lots, that then they were allowed to park in private lots. So the snow removal piece then, then we flip-flop and, and the snow removal would happen in the lots when the streets were done. So like the next night, they'd go in and clear out the lots. Typically, it worked best with public parking lots because the public, you know, your businesses are going to want to have their lots cleared, but if you can find those matching opportunities, um, that works pretty well. I've seen that in other communities as well. 
Um, but just having a place for them to go that is just, it's not going to get removed. Snow is not going to get removed until the next day. Then they can get on the streets and then, so, and it was done by, um, like, snow emergency. So you could uh, have, you could park on the street all night, anytime, until there was going to be a snowfall. And then the, the um, Chamber Main Street program would help communicate with residents. And, of course, you know, through the police and your typical announcement process and just let the public know we're instigating a snow emergency. You can't park on the street. Does that answer your question? Or so the snow emergency would just be, like, ordinance-wise, would just be for the downtown, let's say downtown districts? It's up to you. If you if you need to have it community wide, depending on what type of parking you have, or if you do, I don't know how much multi. I, I haven't done a greater tour of your community, so I don't know as if you have a lot of apartments that don't have enough parking or that type of thing. So, yeah. you cannot park on the street overnight during the snow season. That's kind of a moot point for residential <coughs> downtown area. If you had apartments up above some of the buildings, that would definitely be a problem for that. Really be helpful. Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking. So you can leave the ordinance the same, but exempt the downtown for and create a provision for snow emergencies, or the city declares snow emergency for the snowfall, and then. Yeah, I've also seen or heard of communities that do your, you know, your north-south streets. You can't mm -hmm. park one day and then east-west, so you can go in and clean up. You might, you might not be able to, you know, get it all the first night, but the next night <coughs> there's no parking on the opposite streets, and then you can go in and clean up the parking areas. So that's even another... Odd yeah, even odd. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's options uh, there. Does, one day it's the left side of the street, and the next day it's the right side of the street in some city. That's where they do the repair in the residential area. Downtown, it's, it's, it's a alternative for it, though. I should see it to work well, and a lot of it is communicated through like social media pages. Mm -hmm. Cedar Rapids, they just go around the car crazy. I think we could fill every store as long as we had parking available. Why you put some parking there? Huh? You're in a sunlight, you put some parking there. Yeah. You don't get any points for parking for parking lot. You want to have another reason? You want to have another reason for it if you're applying for the? Well, we could come up with something, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, definitely keep an eye on what's. Happening, I know there's going to be another pocket of money coming down through IEDA, and it's going to be tied to housing. Upper story is always something that we encourage, so there's potentially opportunities there. But some of those logistics. Don't you got some parking spots behind the store? He does. They're for me. Oh. <laughs> I'm already trying to think this equation. That's for the VIP. <laughs> That's not over there thinking. That's His wheels are always yeah. the, the, the east-west alley is pretty tight. There's not a lot of parking. So how do you get a hold of the upper money? For upper? Well, the programs aren't even out yet, so I don't even know what to tell you. I just know that they're coming. Is that through you or through? No, they've got Region 12 or Community Development Block, block Grants or what you want to go over what groups you want to jump through? Yeah. No. <laughs> no white tape. Yeah. It's something just to keep an eye on when you see it come through. How about, yeah, I'm sorry. So you, you see a lot of communities and you know, things such as, you know, impressive when you come in and 
what what things are we missing uh, that maybe we should be doing? And on the flip side, what are the things that you see? You mentioned, you know, the entrance and so on was good. Uh, I wouldn't, again, kind of downtown focused, um, just because that's where my only, my tour today was a downtown tour. We didn't do a, a full community tour. Um, but I think the opportunities for the that hotel, which is kind of, in downtown that, um, and I don't know the name of the mansion across the street from the chamber office that, yeah, so some of those, I mean, those are definitely impactful things that are underutilized. So looking at ways to potentially help shift those into the hands of people who would be more willing to do something with them. Um, but that's really about about it. You've got full storefronts, you, you know, clean. It's always good to have a clean community. You guys, it was clean, whether you did it just because you had guests coming or not, but it looked great today. Um, I have been here a couple other times, and it's always looked good. But the entrance this last time coming in this way is beautiful with the public art piece. Um, I guess I did get down by the new pickleball courts and tent. that's an amazing amenity for a community your size just to have it all right there and then with the golf course nearby that's really impressive that, that was the Chris Trust there was you're probably familiar with what that was but yeah that pickleball and the shelter house up there and that whole development mm -hmm. uh, with the playground equipment yeah. that was there I have a question for you how does the Chris how does how do projects get picked I mean, how, how, how did those happen? Is that something council had an opportunity to weigh in on or the Chris Tustries just kind of decide what they well, want to do? Or? A lot of it was just Chris Trust came with it. We started, that all came from just, we just asked the public for ideas. Okay. What would you like? What would you mm -hmm. see? That's how, we didn't even know what pickleball was. And that's how we learned. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we ended up converting, we were going to do two tennis courts. And then we thought, well, I'll do, you can outline pickleball in the tennis court. But then we got, we got to hear about this pickleball so much, we turned it into two pickleball, and the tennis court with a pickleball in it. And we did the smartest thing we ever did. But we did, we just learned from the public on most mm -hmm. of that. Most of it was public input to start with. Then we kind of, you know, the count, or the John Chris committee kind of came up with a lot of it. We would, we would drive down on them. Me and uh, my golf partner would drive down on late night, and you can see all the cars because they they're always playing pickleball over there too. There's groups, and ninety percent of them were were from Fort Dodge. Out most of them were out of town. Jobs in a lot of different ages too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. being used. It's yeah, it's, 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 it's I think well, it's, it's like the fastest growing sport. Yeah, it's well, huge. Well, that, whole, that whole part was designed, I mean, the, tennis, the basketball court was there, the tennis court was there, the same ball over there, and there was a, just a block right in there. So technically, all we did was go through and just make it the best of everything. It ain't like we had an open yard and just, hey, what are we going to put here? All we really did was redo everything to the best of what was there. Yeah, that kind of build on that incremental growth, which is the Main Street thing, you've got something and you just build and make it better. And then just have like a brick open front building there just to use as a shelter so we made it a complete, and we kind of got that idea from Lakeview because 
like if you had a nice one and they could partition theirs into two versus one. So that's kind of where we got ideas just yeah. from other things that worked. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where that all came from. So you guys funnel ideas then to the trustees and then they kind of evaluate what projects they can mm -hmm. execute. How they come to the city with yep. Yeah, I was just curious. I, I hadn't asked that question. I've heard about all the good things that it's brought to the community, but I just didn't really understand how it functioned. So that's nice. I think another couple other assets are really vital to the community. We have a pretty vibrant library. It does, I mean, like all libraries, COVID has been tough, but I mean, they do quite a few community things that work out that way. We've got a community center the official name, I think, is that community center. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, colloquial known, colloquially known as the REC, but I mean, it's uh, having an indoor swimming pool in a community this size is amazing. Having. Um, I, I didn't. I did not realize there was an indoor pool there. Have, I. I mean, there's a there's a gym, basketball court. There's actually a very underutilized racquetball court, but there is a racquetball court there. Um, and I know that the, I believe it, I shouldn't be saying this because Teresa sits on that board. You're fine. But I know that they're approaching the 100th anniversary of that building, which was an old school that was transformed into a community center. And I've heard rumblings from people that they're really trying to, you know, let's, let's see if we can, what we can do to spruce up the community center in honor of its 100th anniversary. It does have the oldest indoor pool, school pool of any building in the state of Iowa. Wow. So that's is it on the register, the historic register? I was just deemed eligible for, for that. Thanks to Bruce's help. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that, that tax credits are helpful. And it's a 28 E, so tax credits do work. If it were a city building, tax credits don't work. Mm -hmm. um, I think another challenge we have is we're going to have a large vacant middle school building at the yeah. end of next year mm -hmm. and um, that's an opportunity that's a challenge it's a going blank but it's something that we need to be cognizant of and it would be nice if it were to in some way help you know, our housing needs the upper story, I think, is vital, but, you know, people say, you know, we, we need new jobs. Well, if we're bringing new people in, we need places for them to live, because I think if you look at our realtor sites right now, what are the three or four houses for sale? Not much. Not very much out there. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. I think today there's a couple more sale pending. Housing is a thing so, we truly need in this community. Mm -hmm. so, That's a big challenge. Because you're not going to grow your community if we don't have any housing. We need it all for the county. And well, we have about a hundred new positions that will be open for the next couple yeah. years. Yeah. So I mean, while we so, keep finding room, we can't though. <laughs> well, but I think that that's one of the things that we have to do, and I think that maintaining a vitality of housing is essential for the vitality of the downtown mm -hmm. Main Street district. Because I mean, do you have a hard time finding employees? Luckily, when our state puts or our Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And several of them that come to us, I ask Scott all the time, you got anything? No. 
tonight. Yeah, I just asked him while you guys are all out of the room. And there's, we need housing in this community to keep our community vital and our downtown flowing. We need to get housing so we can have people in this community. That's one of our biggest hurdles, I think, mm -hmm. right now. That's my opinion. True. I think if we had affordable housing, our population would be going up. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And yeah. you just have a prison built home, I heard, that yes. was added. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and another one of the key needs, you know, housing, mm -hmm. I agree, is, is a you know, high priority and uh, definite need. But we do have an excellent uh, daycare center in Kids World, uh, run by a separate board, uh, and they provide an excellent service. It's kind of built, you know, they stress, you know, some educational things within the Kids World, but it's always a struggle to make ends meet and, and keep it affordable. Um, you know, for a, a vibrant business community, we really need uh, you know, good, good daycare. You know, so the employees that you know, go to all of our businesses, uh, hopefully, you know, that there will be some money coming up, you know, available with the uh, new bills, you know, coming through the, uh, the Congress, but that remains to be seen. So. Yeah, I, I, I definitely want to see Kids World, you know, function and do well. And the and the city does support that business. I think the biggest thing on Kids World right now is employees. We're struggling for employees up there to get uh, racial to the kids. Mm -hmm. Was it months ago we talked about maybe having to shut down some rooms because we didn't have employees. I think we're getting around that now. There's a special meeting tomorrow night. Yeah. You know, Teresa, Teresa and Larry uh, sit on that board. Okay. So. Any other challenges? <laughs> That's not to underestimate well, what you have here. I mean, I think another challenge probably, you know, the census just came out. I mean, we have lost population. Um, I... Well, Jamie and I talked about this earlier. I I would question a little bit the accuracy of some of that. I mean, I know some of us turned in our census forms quite late, waiting to see if someone would contact us, and they didn't. You know, and I don't know if people contacted the community. I don't know how full or how accurate that is. I guess one of my questions is, yeah, are you... We're getting new people moving into the community. I know that we're losing people to death, and I know people are moving out too. But I mean, um, at some point, you know, that that becomes a financial drain on the community because our local option sales tax and reduced tax is all tied to what our population is, and so then we have less dollars to work with, and that becomes more of a challenge. Uh, that being said, I think one of the positive things that is happening. We are actively partnering with the Iowa State University Shrink Smart Study. Okay. And we are one of their guinea pig communities, shall we say. Okay. And um, going to be, you know, it's, it's a, they've been here several times. I mean, it's nice having seven or eight professors come in and, and start looking at community. And uh, it's sort of like going to a very, 
well-qualified specialists because they know more about the community before they get here from what's on social media, from what's happening with our promotions and those kind of things than probably a lot of the people living in town do. Oh, we see you've got this happening and this happening and this happening and this happening. It's like, yeah, you know, and that's cool. But hopefully that will be some impetus to help us. Their, their, their focus is on communities that have maintained quality of life while having a yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that study at all, so I'm going to go back and um, see what Kimberly I can. Kimberly Zerocor from Iowa State is the one who's in charge of that. Z-E-R-E-K-O-R, -E I think is her last name. Thank you. But there have been several studies, and they've been recently refunded, and they are looking at coming up with some partnering communities and maybe helping... I'm hoping that some of the people in their their study communities will be able to partner with other communities and say, you know, here's some things that work, here's some things that don't work. You might want to rethink this. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So it's sort of like a Main Street community on yeah. a different level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interesting. How about the relationship with the Chamber Main Street? Good. You see him at everything. Mm -hmm. Jess has been great. She was a very good hire. She's kind of just got thrown into things with Rag Rag coming to town and the fair and Chautauqua Days and the list goes on. But I think she's been wonderful and the board's great. <laughs> <laughs> the city chamber relationship has been strained and not too, too great over the past several years, yeah. but I think it's working to get better. I'm, I'm trying to get with Jess to, to set up like a, a weekly meeting with her to kind of get updates on what's going on in the chamber. Mm -hmm. like me or Brady can get together and, and whoever to you go to Rosie's and have a cup of coffee or something and talk about what's going on, what they need to do. Just build a relationship better. I think it's, it's long overdue. Mm -hmm. Well, there's been a lot of changes with different directors over the last years. It would be nice just to build that relationship. Yeah. With her. Yes, and hopefully we have some consistency now there with her. Yeah. She's, She's young and enthusiastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. She's a go-getter. Yeah, it's apparent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we did our, our, I usually don't report back what happens at individual meetings and stuff. I do that in a group, but I will say when we did our walking tour today, we did pop in and out just of a couple businesses, and everybody knows her. People waved at her. If we didn't go in, I mean, it was it was apparent that she's on the street. She knows people. People know her, and that's building relationships is the first place that that can start and build that trust to have those conversations and to be able to get a pulse of what's going on to the community. So when she, you know, meets with you, you have a good understanding that yeah, she's out. She's talking to people. She she already know what's going on and can really <coughs> help us guide things to make good solid decisions. So. She's definitely off on the right foot for that. Anything else? So if you were sitting on the city council in Saxony, mm -hmm. what would you advocate to do to help the Chamber of Street program I think that it's a part-time position that could 
very well be full-time. I think there's enough things to do. There's enough good things happening in this community that you could certainly take things to another level. So funding, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that the answer? That's what people always ask to say to me. What can Main Street bring for you? And if they say money, I'm going to throw that back at you. <laughs> yep, get in line. But it, it you know, that is definitely something I think that the community could benefit from. But again, it has to be at the will of the, the board, it has to want to make that transition and be able to support that. So. What do you see the Chamber's role as? in as bringing like business to the community that kind of thing helping with bringing businesses to the community i think one of the any kind of role now yeah i think one of the things from a chamber main street perspective is building the quality of life where people want to live and and the quality of life amenities are important and can't be underlooked as being an asset and the specialties that are brought forth through appropriate design and recognizing what's important for the businesses and the buildings. And I shouldn't say businesses, from the building aspect and um, creating that aesthetic feel, I think is important. Um, and that's something that the Chamber Main Street <coughs> can definitely bring to the table or help bring to the table and help guide some of those things. I also think um, helping understand and doing some of that survey work um, to find out what the community wants and what the community is willing to support. Because if you're, if you're meeting the needs of your citizens, then you're, you're going to be able to draw the businesses. If you have the data that says, I really want a pizza place in my downtown, we, don't, we have to go all the way to, I don't know, Lake City to get pizza that's not convenience store pizza. It, that's a lot more attractive for you own lots of buildings, right? So. If you say, all right, I'm willing to invest some money in a building to put in a pizza place because the community is going to support it. They've already told me that they want it. So working through that survey process and being the conduit for that to happen. And and you've done it before, um, So, but that data gets old. And, mm -hmm. Your population changes. Yep. So that goes right to the biggest things that they can bring to the table. That's what Stacy Johnson was telling me. Southern Side Development doing almost the same thing as, as far as recruitment for doctors in there. Is they they're looking for certain amenities. They want bike trails. They want mm -hmm. the, all this stuff. They're looking at a smaller community because of the quality of life it can bring. They're not driving to and from work. They're not sitting in traffic. They want to use that extra time to to do something with their families. There needs to be something for them to do. The trails, you guys, water trails, you know, all of those things are important. Sometimes, if you get a, have a few extra minutes, go to SacCity.city, which is the city website. Go to the tab, I believe it's called Amenities. And there's a wonderful interview with Dr. Ching, who's a dentist in town. Talking about the very things you're talking about, and he's he's from the Philippines. He's an NYU grad. Talked about coming here for two or three years, and now it's twenty years later. They're still here, and he talks about the biggest thing that they have here is time that they didn't have in the city. Well, and I do know that you guys have great fiber 
opportunities. I mean, the, the fiber and choice between multiple providers, I think that's huge. That is an asset that a lot of communities don't have. So the work from home capacity that this community can offer is really important and it, it's not necessarily bringing somebody from a big metropolitan area here but it's enticing somebody from Des Moines to come or you know that regional especially people that have a connection or a past connection with the community that moving back home um, it actually just happened at Seven Oaks and house sold and it's a young couple and I, was, I was at their house with them talking to them and I said what what are you doing here you know just odd we work from home and we're from Tennessee. Hmm. They just found the house for sale, thought it was nice, they wanted to come to a nice community, and they truly just, it's weird, it does work. Yeah. And it happens. Yep. Get running a campaign called Make Sex City Your New Office. Yeah. I mean, these people, they can yeah. truly live wherever they want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. So, in fact, if you call and they say this call may be monitored for quality assurance he works for a company that does it. it's one of three in the nation that actually does wow. that so. oh wow so do you have you had the conversation from the chamber main street side of things to promote that to get a video of him or them talking about why they why they pick sac city and then what do you do and and use that story. Tell that story. Because it'll be current. Yeah. Yep. It's Absolutely. Actually, mm -hmm. actually, if you do a Google search, it just first thing comes up is the Sexy's web page, and then several of the uh, Facebook. We have a big campaign on Facebook, basically, and Instagram and some other social media. But all those lot items come up with the interviews and all that. So that's if, awesome. If anybody in the country types in Sexy, I will. You know, Give a nice list. But it still comes back to the same problem we have. There's no place to live. Yeah. I yeah. So you can work from home. <laughs> but you got to have a home first. Yeah. The chicken and the egg. Yeah. 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 But you recruit somebody from we got the egg California that sells their house for four and a half million dollars that they could build here for we still for a spot. No. half a billion. Yeah, you got to have a place to live. still have to have all that. Got to have a spot. Ready. That's what we like. Another thing we've been doing, I'm on a trails committee. We've been working on the river trail in town. Okay. For, and then we've got bike trails set up in town. And now we've got a, what they call a adventure trail, a, a walking trail that we're working on behind the cemetery, between the cemetery and the river. That's getting developed now. It's about a mile and a half, mile and three quarters long. Hopefully we're going to start working on a RV park. We're working on, kind of working on that a little bit. And hopefully that'll bring people to town to help the downtown and stuff. Mm -hmm. We've got quite a few kayak and canoe entrances into the water now, into the river, which is about six inches deep. But we have the water. Yeah. yeah. We've got one there by the cemetery. We've got one down here in the city park. And there's some more up north of the town as they go. They've been cleaning the river up all summer and last winter. And it's coming together. It's, I mean, there's people that are buying kayak, kayaks and, and going kayaking. But you got to have a water in the river. Yeah, if they don't get rain, we're not going to have one either. Yeah, I think the trails committee is going to try to talk to Dr. Brennan to help them do a control burn in that area. Yeah. Is it be nice? Right now, it's a lot of noxious weeds that, could, that undergrowth needs to get gotten rid of so they can get some, they want some natural habitat. 
flowers have fallen out yeah, there. That you can, about yeah, you can put some signage out there that says, explains this burn here and all that stuff. Fire department help with that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that would be going be in the factory to have the fire department. Yeah, really. Because if you keep the center in the river, they're going to burn it all off so they get rid of the noxious weeds and stuff so they can get some grasses growing in there and stuff. And that'd be good training for the fire department. Yeah, I mean, we could use it. I mean, Sounds like you've got some good partnerships in place. Yeah. I mean, people it's really worked well. Than it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's improving. You come back October twenty third. I think you can go for go on a haunted hike on the trail. Yeah, they're planning that somebody's do. I don't know if that's Chamber Main Street doing that or Hometown Pride's doing it. Hometown Pride is doing that on this trail that I was just talking about. It's just some of the things that's happening in town. Hopefully, the yeah. people in town and stuff. And as far as that RV uh, part, the guy that helped set up Fort Dodges is willing to come and help us on ours. So we've got sources out there we can work with. ATV park, right? Huh? ATV park, yeah. I'm like RV. We got the campgrounds. We don't need an RV park, too. ATV, okay. Yeah. Oh. It'll be a good spot for it. It's down just north of town here, north of the elevator. If things can get worked out with landowner and stuff, which we're yeah, working on. Well, a lot of good things in the works. A lot of them are outside of the Main Street district. But, but I think you really right. have to have yeah. them. I think it's mm-hmm. got to be a community-wide yeah. effort to, to support the core of the community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everything well, they, works together. Yeah, those activities bring them in, and then they yeah. spend yeah. money on them. Yeah. They yeah. all got to eat yeah. or buy gas or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... By a birthday present. Kayak, yeah. Any other final thoughts for, I apologize, I'm not sure if we're at 7 or 6.45 if we were supposed to be done. I think we're working my list here. I want to be respectful of your time. I just want to say, I moved back here 10 years ago. I grew up here, and it's just night and day different than it was 10 years ago. It's just amazing. Everybody finally feels like everybody's working together, a good stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah, Red, right, right coming through, Mr. Mayor here. <laughs> I would really encourage the community to kind of clean up. Yeah. They did. And it was, it was pretty stay amazing on, to so. see. Yeah, I know. Staying on yeah. is going to be the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just nice to see the community kind of come together there and all pitch in. That's good. And it was all positive. I mean, it, it was truly a lot of positive feedback yeah. after. I think Briars and the public was happy. Yeah. I mean, it was just a good deal. I think it surprised a lot of the public how what can be left done? in town. When right. Done. What can be done? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think they had a warning on that because they've done a lot of yeah. You know, they yeah. in the past. I was proud of them. They did a fantastic job. I had 28 people in my backyard. I, if the grass wasn't matched down, I wouldn't even know they were there. Mm-hmm. They were just polite and polite and yeah. couldn't ask for better groups. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? No final thoughts for me. Thank You'll you get for them in my coming and no. listening. And yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for staying late. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It's a good opportunity to for us to learn. And I will send my information to... <coughs> Um, Jessica, and she'll send it out from there.